0: Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 128 of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy
1: football i am your humble host as always evan brown the humblest host in the biz you can catch me over on twitter at ffevan lucian you can follow the show at dynasty debates or you can drop me an email dynasty at gmail.com if you have any questions comments things you love things you hate things you want to hear more of about the show please let me know As you may or may not know, this is the solo recap episode, so this is going to be the recap of week four. I am going to be completely honest with you. I am egg exhausted. I am knackered, as we say over here. I was at the London game, humble brag, uh, this weekend, watching my Vikings for the very first time live. It was an experience. It was surreal. We didn't play that well. We did get the W, so that is awesome. It was a double doink. I watched it right in front of me, and it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I literally have been up since four o'clock this morning. I have taken a train, I have taken a plane i have taken a taxi i have worked for 11 hours i am exhausted so it is probably going to be a quicker than usual um episode i am just going to give you the reader's digest version of the recap so just going to highlight literally one or two talking points from each game that i've noticed or researched and think are worth discussing without any further ado let's jump right into the recap the main
0: event
1: fight what better place to start? I suppose there is no other place to start than the London game itself in all its glory at Tottenham Stadium. 60,000 strong, singing away to our heart's content. It was it was amazing. Uh, I've never been to an NFL game live before, so that was definitely an experience and it was cool to see so many fans come from over in the States and just show up from all over the UK. As far as the game itself, it was, it was pretty ugly. I mean, it was definitely drama, but I feel like we do not deserve to be a 3-in-1 team as Vikings fan. I we, we barely beat a Saints team that was missing Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. So, yeah, I consider us lucky to have got a win. Honestly, I'm really not happy with the play calling. It seems pretty timid, pedestrian. Um, we kept trying over and over and over and over and over to establish the run, even though it clearly wasn't happening um yeah it was just it was a bit of a mess uh justin jefferson is the dude anytime we were like really stuck and he did a big play it was like okay fine let's just chuck it up to justin jefferson and let him work some magic as of right now the kj osborne experience seems to have once again been put on hold sadly he was out there for 85 percent of the snaps but he he's just I don't think you can play him at all in any but the deepest leagues at the moment as the way things stand playing all those snaps and he only got two targets so it was literally the Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson show um you know Thielen getting peppered with targets in the shorter to intermediate area of the field and then Justin Jefferson getting some of those but also getting a couple of those bigger chunk plays which was awesome to see I hope that you bought low when you could on Chris Olave got in at the Olav Garden while the getting was good because I don't think you're going to be able to anymore obviously had another big game even with the backup there so he had seven targets four receptions 67 yards and a touchdown he's an absolute dude he's a stud he's an every week play i would just highlight um you know just just have a look on your waiver wire if if, you know, if you're in any sort of tight end premium league, anything like that, Juwan Johnson continues to be important part of the offense. He had four targets, three receptions, 33 yards. Um, he's out there quite a lot. He is running some valuable routes. He's he's one of those guys that could continue to grow into a more important role on the team. So, yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't think there's any other major takeaways or anything majorly surprising to, to shout out from the London game other than, you know, it was great to see the Saints lose and my Vikings win. Win, obviously.
0: Now to shift
1: focus over to our hated rivals, the Green Bay Packers, took on the New England Patriots. So this game was surprising for a lot of reasons. Um Hoyer goes out with a head injury. They think, you know, they put him into concussion protocol we've seen all the nightmare we're going on with Tua so they throw in Bailey Zappi he actually looks surprisingly good in my opinion I a lot better than I would have expected you know getting thrown in at the deep end there in Lambeau um, and just being asked to kind of <laughs> sink or swim so I thought he actually looked pretty well what was really surprising is the fact that the pats were able to push the packers as much as they were but listen to this this i found really interesting so nine minutes left in the second quarter so about halfway through the second quarter aaron Rodgers had only thrown four passes so i think that shows you i think that's an important piece to notice that the packers if left to their own devices want to slowly grind out wins through their defense and through running the football with aaron jones and aj quadzilla Dillon. um Obviously, with the Patriots putting up more of a fight than we thought, they were able to kind of Push that and make Aaron Rodgers throw the ball more. So we were able to get some production out of Romeo Dobbs and a couple of the other players. But it's certainly something that's a bit concerning. Anytime maybe they have an easy game coming up on the schedule. Speaking of Romeo Dobbs, he has certainly solidified his place as the dude um, there. I would say yes, Alan Lazard was certainly involved as well, but Romeo Dobbs, 96% same amount of snaps as Alan Lazard, and he was clearly targeted going into the fourth quarter, into overtime. He almost had a second touchdown. So it looks like an early season L for us Christian Watson truthers, which I will hold my hands up and say I am certainly one. He only was on the field 25% of the snaps. They are looking to get him involved. He had a little jet sweeps and he scored that way, but he's certainly nowhere near as involved or intro- integral part of the offense at this stage as Romeo Dobbs, which, you know, I'm sad to see. I love Christian Watson. I'm hoping as the season goes on, it can continue to grow into that role. But um, it is what it is for now. It looks like it's Romeo Dobbs. He's the dude. On the Patriots side of it is once again very similar story as what we've been seeing lately. Ramondre Stevenson had 55% of the snaps, Damian Harris had 45. So, Ramondre Stevenson slightly, you know, edging it there as far as being on the field. But when it actually came to production, they were pretty similar with Damian Harris actually getting the touchdown and getting slightly more efficient. So, he had 18 attempts for 86 yards and a touchdown, whereas Stevenson only had 14 attempts for 66 yards, but he did get a couple of receptions. It's one of those things where you're probably going to have have to start whichever one of them you have most weeks because you never know who's going to get in the end zone but nothing really exciting there um, from their receiving core as things stand with Bailey Zappi potentially in the lineup for the next couple weeks though I am excited about him as a person maybe not so much for fantasy football now we're going to talk about well very quickly I'm going to talk about a game that was just eye-gougingly awful um, as far as quality play it was the cardinals versus the panthers in the battle for the which head coach should get fired first i would i would vote for matt rule though i feel both are worthy candidates both offenses just look terrible um honestly for me it just comes down to kyler murray is a far superior quarterback to Baker Mayfield so therefore he gets away with some stuff he had a beautiful touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown had a couple other nice plays sometimes he gets himself out of things with his legs Um, but in general the play calling is really really gross Um, on the Carolina side I mean you had literally Baker Mayfield purposefully targeting Ian Thomas (laughs) and Tommy Tremble multiple times which should never happen in my opinion Um, you know it was great to see Christian McCaffrey out there running routes he ran pretty much almost as many routes as the wide receivers which you love to see Um, but even him you know he's not having those boom games like he like we expect. Like we would love to see DJ Moore got a lot more targets this week. Um, nine targets, six receptions. It was a better week, but still not a boom week. I don't know if you are going to get any boom weeks with Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I mean honestly, both offenses are just weird and gross at the moment. I still maintain, as I mentioned last week, Hollywood Brown. He's an absolute stud. Um, he is kind of like killing it on softly. I think it's because their their offense has been kind of gross and kind of bad that people aren't really paying as much attention as probably they should be so again if you're able to if you're either you know maybe the person who rosters hollywood brown is struggling and they've got a losing record but i mean he had nine targets six receptions he's out there running loads of routes he's out there on loads of snaps um, he has the highest receiving grade from pff for the arizona cardinals again in week four so i mean i certainly think he you could do a lot worse a lot worse than getting Marquise hollywood brown on your team if you can get him for any sort of like a reasonable package um, but yeah that's. that's. That's kind of the main takeaway from both those teams both gross and um, hopefully both head coaches get fired. That would be fantastic. And now we are going to look at the return the much awaited return of the MILF Hunter the Jets versus the Steelers. So this this was a crazy game for a lot of reasons for some reason, I didn't think Trubisky was playing all that terribly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't lighting the world on fire, but he had a couple of nice deep balls that should have been caught. Just didn't get pulled down, but for whatever reason, you know, obviously, Tomlin wasn't happy. He decided to pull, um, he decided to pull Trubisky and put in the rookie, Kenny Pickett, and it was, I mean, I would say his mixed results. I mean, he does seem to bring a little bit more juice. He was actually scrambling around a lot, things like that. Uh, had some rushing, had a rushing touchdowns, you know, so there was there was some positives, but I mean, definitely threw a couple of interceptions, didn't look amazing, so Time will tell. He is a rookie. It was his first start. He came in halfway through the game. Uh, A couple of points that I would mention from the Jets. You know, Brees Hall you guys are having an amazing by low window on Brees Hall. He is starting to ascend. He is starting to take over, you know, kind of the lion's share of the backfield, but he hasn't had that big splash game yet. And a lot of people, you know, box score scout, or it's just seeing is believing. And it's really when they get those W's that they start really paying attention. Now I'm not suggesting you're going to get him for like a 23 third or anything crazy, but I still think you can get a by low for what he's actually worth. He played 66% of the snaps this week versus Michael Carter's 44. So, he certainly played the lion's share of the snaps um, or a good chunk of the snaps, I should say. And, you know, he, he got 17 opportunities, which that's awesome. 66 yards on. So he didn't have a lot of efficiency, but again, the Steelers are a tough defense and, you know, Michael Carter only got nine attempts. So he's already doubling Michael Carter's attempts and, you know, absolute icing on the cake he had six targets which is awesome you know he only had two receptions which you don't love to see but man we want five six targets for our running backs if we can get them certainly buy low on him if you can and speaking of the milf hunter himself i did just want to touch on zach wilson his return he looked a bit rusty and stuff at the start of the game understandably so but honestly as the game went on i was fairly impressed maybe not the right word but i was encouraged by some of what i was seeing i really like his mobility in the pocket his ability to escape Pressure keep plays alive, and he definitely seems to keep his eyes downfield, looking for you know a pass and things like that. And there was definitely several plays where he was able to just zip that, show off some of that arm strength, zip the ball in beautifully. So I I actually think there's a lot to be optimistic for as the weeks kind of string together and he stays healthy and things. I mean, if we look at even just you know surprise, it probably sounds surprising to some people, but he came in as the QB 16 for PFF for their offensive grading scale. So I mean, he had a better week slightly than Kirk Cousins. Joe Burrow, um, you know, Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, Derek Carr. So he certainly wasn't terrible. He does need to work on his uh, interceptions, his dangerous throws. He had one of the higher sort of like turnover worthy play rates, which is not great. Uh, You don't want to see that. But again, it was his first week back. He was trying to make things happen. I actually saw a lot of stuff that kind of surprised me that I quite like and made me a little bit excited about Zach Wilson. They played really well in the fourth quarter um, going down the stretch there and obviously managed to eke out the win. George Pickens, absolute dog. You need to go out and try and get George Pickens on the roster. It's probably too late at this stage. He absolutely balled out yet again. Several amazing catches. Um, Probably too late to try and get low, get cheap. But you never know because... The, the offense kind of stinks at the moment, and you may still be able to get a deal for what he less than what he's actually worth to your roster. Talking about another divisional rival with a surprising outcome, the Tennessee Titans managed to stick it to the Indianapolis Colts. This was a very strange game in a lot of ways. The Titans just rushed out to a lead. were absolutely pummeling um, the Colts, and then the Colts came back, but the Titans managed to hold on. Obviously, a couple of the big news things are, are injury-related, which is sad. You hate to see that. Traylon Burks left and the late in the fourth quarter being helped off the field. I believe my understanding at this stage that this is being recorded on Monday night. Monday night football hasn't even happened yet, but my understanding is that it's not a serious injury. He's not going to need surgery, but he will miss some time with some with a toe injury, so that's not great. He hasn't even had that full breakout game yet, and now he's going to be missing valuable time his rookie year. Um As far as, you know, Derek Henry, again, looked pretty awesome, you know, considering a little bit how rough he looked at the start of the season, but he looked pretty good. He had a really good rushing game and more importantly, what you love to see, well, what I love to see, he had five more targets. So let's keep those targets for the big dog coming along. I do want to highlight Chigazim Akonkwo. He was a guy I really liked in the pre-draft process. He's a rookie tight end for those of you who don't know out of Maryland he is just an offensive weapon he's a guy that you know they use um that he's he's never going to have been drafted to be a blocker he's really been drafted to be used as an offensive weapon obviously we know a lot of times it takes time for these rookie tight ends to sit you know sort of hit the ground running and actually contribute but he had a couple of big plays he had a touchdown in this game he had really important and this is something i think is really important to highlight um, he had the sort of big time catch late in the fourth quarter to kind of clinch the game they trusted a Rookie tight end Conquo with the kind of clen- clenching first down catch that they needed to keep the keep the play going, keep keep things moving so that they could win and clinch the game. So it shows there's a trust there that they're building. Uh, he was only on the field for 24 of the snaps, so it's very low. But I would highlight that and just say, look, you know, be ahead of the curve. Go check your waiver wires. He's not a big name that a lot of people talk about. You never know he might still be on your waivers. I would certainly scoop him up on the Colts side similar story kylan Granson, second year tight end um you know he had four receptions on four targets for 62 yards there was certainly a couple of times where he got targeted on important plays and things like that it does seem like maddie ice is enjoying targeting his tight ends johnny wood had another reception for 33 yards um you know molly cox had a massive day six for six 85 yards and two touchdowns so it certainly looks like you know we, we've always talked about that you know frank reich system being tight end friendly maddie ice and things so it does seem Seem to be coming to fruition right now it's moali cox but you never know i would certainly look and see if you can find granson on the waiver wire uh he does seem to have been a forgotten man he had that pretty good game earlier in the year so he may already be picked up but certainly worth looking at jonathan taylor obviously there's an injury related there you hate to see it um you know at this point in time i would say probably is just a hold unless you've got somebody thinking they're being really clever and they're doing a buy low and everything like that and you're sort of if you're like oh and four and you've got jonathan taylor and your rosters are looking not great at this stage you know it might still be worth if you can get like you know two firsts worth of quality um out of him but you don't don't sell low there's no point in just selling him for like you know a 23 second and some random player but those are my sort of key takeaways from this game gonna turn the page and check in on my boy justin herbert so you know just Absolute hero battling back from this broken rib cartilage. He looked a lot better this week, which was great. You love to see that. Made a couple of awesome throws, as is his wont. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely an interesting game. You know, certainly Eckler looked great. Got back onto form. Had some rushing touchdowns. You love to see that. They're still in that kind of quest for an RB two to back him up. Joshua Kelly got a little bit of run there, but for me personally, I don't think anybody behind Eckler has really shown themselves to be a quality you know viable piece so if you're able to get something for josh kelly or um you know sony michelle by all means i think that would be a great thing and i did actually want to same vein same conversation i did want to just talk about joshua paul um josh palmer there because i know that he's been a bit of a dynasty darling and sort of a fantasy darling and everyone's talked about his potential and he had that good game already um but let's not forget i mean the main dude keenan allen's been out of the picture since week one really and Josh Palmer's only had that one game. He he literally had one target, one reception for one target. But I mean, he was out there, he ran the same amount of routes as, you know, Austin Eckler, as Gerald Everett, but he's just nowhere near as involved in, in the game scheme. So I think he will have his games, of course, occasionally, you know, in a high powered offense with an awesome quarterback, you're going to have your games. But he could easily become like this MVS sort of thing that we're always constantly hoping and wishing and fingers crossed. But in a non ball format, when are you going to be really confident? I mean, I put Josh Palmer in my lineup in a couple of places this week because, you know, I sort of was missing a couple pieces, a lot of injuries. And I thought, okay, yeah, Keenan Allen's out. You know, hopefully they should be get some good scoring. Yeah, it should be a good chance to put him in there. And what did I get? Like literally got like one or two points. So for me, he's one of the prime candidates that, I I don't think that he's ever going to be a top 12 or top 24, even wide receiver. So for me, if I can take some of that buzz, so maybe he has a decent game next week or something like that. If I can take him, he's one of those guys I want to package with like my 23 third and get a second or something like that. You know, the better of the deal you can get by all means, knock yourself out. You're never going to get a first for him or anything like that. But if you can package him, because I think we in dynasty, this is one thing I really see a lot of is that we in dynasty fall in love with these like middling wide receiver threes or fours that we just love and we hoard on our roster but they're not helping you win and ultimately we want to win championships so if you're able to package josh palmer and sony michelle together and get like a 23 second and some random player or something like that that would be awesome i would love to do that because i just don't think you're ever going to get in a situation where for a long period of time you're loving putting josh palmer in your starting lineup that, that's just my takeaway on it. And then ever so briefly on the Texan side, I will just check in on the dude, the man, the myth, the legend, Damian Pierce. Had another absolute monster game, 14 attempts, 131 yards, including one beautiful 75-yard scamper for a touchdown. Love to see it. But on top of that, the icing on the cake, the dude got six Targets. He was six for six. Um, love to see that man. If he's going to get some some passing work, that was one of the other arguments that people have. I mean, I think he's just one of those people. Love to people love to hate for some reason. I don't get it. People hate. Um, good players you know I just don't get it but you know it happened to James Robinson it's happening to Damian Pierce people are just gonna oh but the draft capital oh but this and you know oh he doesn't catch passes oh wait he had six targets Uh, you know it's always gonna be something so look I I, my stance on him hasn't really changed from last week I think that he's gonna be really good this year I think uh, if you're a contender he's a really smart buy for you because he's probably gonna give you better production than you're gonna have to pay for because there is that kind of uh, snobbery amongst dynasty where we don't like the draft capital situation we don't like the team necessarily blah 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 blah. he's awesome he's he runs angry you love to see it and for me as well nico collins he falls in that same sort of category as josh palmer if i'm able to trade him or get some hype he had five targets but three receptions 82 yards decent game but again depending on the type of league that you play in the way i look at it is he's kind of fringe middling players they're fine to stash they're fine to keep but if you can cash in on them you keep cashing in and cashing in until you hit on somebody you know you get that second round pick that turns into a Jahan Dotson who looks like he's going to be a stud in this league so that would be sort of my takeaway for the Texans it is time to touch on the game of the week which was without a doubt the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions finished 48 to 45 <laughs> almost a hundred points we were treated to somehow the Lions managed to lose again I don't know man They must it must be so hard to get that hyped and that excited every week just to lose so a couple of quick takeaways shout out Geno Smith, Looks so much better than I ever thought he would this year. Um, The pace the pace of play is getting picked up on the Seattle side. They're throwing the ball more. You love to see it. Um, not, I mean, it's not crazy. I mean, he's still only threw the ball 30 times. So again, let's not get carried away. But DK Metcalf, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 149 yards. The dude is a stud. I hope you bought low on him. If you were able to, congratulations. I don't know if you still can, but if you still can, do it. The dude's awesome. He is, does nothing but like absolutely dominate. So... I'm still using it as an opportunity to buy low on Kenneth Walker. He had eight attempts, 29 yards, nothing special, but I do believe in the talent. Rashad Penny had a big game. uh, I'm well-documented in my beliefs on on Rashad Penny. I don't expect him to stay healthy for an entire season or to be able to long-term carry this team. So I'm still using this as an opportunity to buy low on Ken Walker. On the Lions side of it, Jamal Williams actually looked really good. Like it wasn't just, I mean, we talk about opportunity is king with sort of any running back. So, hey, give any running back 20 opportunities. They'll probably look fine. Dude actually looked electric at times. He had a couple of really nice breakaway runs. He had a 51 yard run at one stage, two touchdowns, um, 19 attempts. So he certainly seems like somebody that while Swift is out or banged up, you know, he's certainly going to be involved in the team, in the game scheme. I mean, Craig Reynolds looked pretty good, but he only got like two opportunities. So, you know, it is, it is what it is. TJ Hawkinson had an absolute worldly day. i uh, sorry for any of you that had to play against him, but yeah, for me, you know, I would say, honestly, one of my key takeaways could be Jared Goff could actually be a valuable piece for your super flex, which sounds super weird to say, at least for this year, again, for contenders. Um, and again, I've said this before, I say it again, one of my biggest takeaways looking at all this, I mean, look at these guys, this is Josh Reynolds getting eight targets. Um, who was it? The, the Titan Kennedy got five targets. Khalif Raymond got five targets. Quintus Cephas got three targets. This just tells me go out and see what the Jamison Williams manager in your team, in your league is thinking. Jameson Williams is a super talented dude. You know, if he wasn't injured at the start of this season, we'd probably be talking about him the way we're talking about Olave, the way we're talking about Garrett Wilson, the way we're talking about Drake London. He's an awesome dude. Go check on the price tag. See if you can get a deal, deal a deal done because there is certainly fantasy points to be had. Another crazy divisional matchup that went
0: probably
1: sort of how we were expecting it to go. The commanders and the cowboys on the commander side, there was a clear MVP and it was the black uniforms. They look awesome. Other than that, it was a lackluster performance to say the least. Honestly, um, I wouldn't panic too much just yet if I was you as far as like your Carson Wentz um, and your in your receivers shares. I mean, Honestly, the Cowboys' defense is very, very good. The pass rush, pass rush is no joke. The Commanders' offensive line is a bit suspect, and I think that's pretty putting it mildly. Um, I, I would say that you know they they were not good. Like I, I don't know how else to say it. They gave up the most pressures. Um, they gave up the most. They allowed the most hurries um, this week for for an offensive line. They were literally. They were pretty bad. They were fourth um, for efficiency for pass blocking uh, from from PFF's grading. They're just not a very good offensive line. They have a couple of decent offensive linemen, um, and then a couple of guys that are just getting a lot of penalties, um, getting a lot of of a lot of issues. I think it's one of those ones where if. You, you know, they're playing in a middle-of-the-road team or a team that doesn't have a great pass rush and things like that. You can still expect decent performance, probably. Um, not, like, game-shaking or otherworldly performances from Carson Wentz. We know the Carson Wentz experience. He holds onto the ball too long sometimes. He'll throw the, you know, ball into double coverage or something. Hence the one-touchdown, two-interception performance that we enjoyed this weekend. I played him in Scott Fishbowl. Thanks very much for that, Wentz. But, yeah, I mean, McLaurin's still playing 95% of the snaps. Curtis Samuel, 78% of the snaps. Jahan Dotson. Only played 59% of the snaps, but he's still a stud. He's an absolute dude. Uh, Again, curtis samuel led the team in targets i mean i think at this stage we're gonna to have to take him seriously i don't know about you but i'm starting to think that you know he could certainly be one of those great buys as a contender if you're looking for some depth in your wide receiver room as long as he stays healthy uh they seem to be wanting to scheme him the ball he gets those runs out of the backfield he gets a lot of targets he's involved all the time so it's just a bad game in general for the commanders but i do think there's probably some Brighter days ahead on the Cowboy side of it. um, Probably my main takeaway. I think we all know how we feel about Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Pollard didn't look great in this game. He had eight attempts for six yards, but then there wasn't a lot of running room to be had on either side. Really? Uh, Gibson was all right for the commanders, but, you know, Cooper Rush is playing really, really well. A lot better than I think any of us thought. I would probably use it as just a sneaky little buy low window on Dak. You know, I don't think that Dak's job is anywhere near in trouble, but the fact that they've been playing this well without him and they've been this efficient and he didn't, you know, he's got hurt right at the beginning of the season, out of sight, out of mind, all those kind of things. You never know. You might be able to leverage it into a better deal than you thought you could possibly get from Dak. Speaking of crazy games, uh, we do need to talk briefly about the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this this game, it, it was crazy. I don't want to read too much into it just because there's been so much going on. Let's not forget the whole hurricane thing. Um, it wasn't known exactly where that this game was going to be played for a while. I know I've heard Leonard Fournette Talk about, you know, it's very emotional time for a lot of these people and their families. They've some of them specifically Leonard Fournette lived through Katrina and and all that sort of craziness. So, you know, it's it's an emotional week and those things do happen. These are people. They're not just machines. A crazy thing I did want to bring up, though, is, um, you know, it. It's kind of hard to even imagine, but Tom Brady, so Tom Brady threw 52 times, 385 yards, three touchdowns. That's all well and good. The entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, not just one player, the entire team rushed for three yards. Think about that. That is insane. That's why I'm not trying to draw too many conclusions. That is ridiculous. Three rushing yards for the entire team. So Leonard Fournette had three attempts for minus three yards and Rashad White had three attempts for six yards. That is crazy. That is bonkers. But yeah, Mike Evans balled out 10 targets. Chris Godwin, 10 targets. Fournette still had seven targets for 57 yards and a touchdown. So his, his value was still fine. Rashad White's getting a lot more involved. He obviously had five targets, five receptions for 50 yards as well. They weren't able to get the run game going. Obviously, Obviously, the offensive line has been an issue and a concern all season, but I'm still going to trust Tom Brady to, to figure things out, to get things turned around. I think I mentioned it last week. I hope you did get a chance to sell high on Russell Gage. He only had four targets, two receptions. Now that you know the boys are back in town as things are moving forward, I just think if you can get anything good for Russell Gage, he's in the similar sort of a boat for me as Josh Palmer, those kind of guys. Um, over on the... Kansas City Chiefs side Travis Kelsey still the man. I think everybody is probably feeling quite foolish so far in the season that traded Kelsey for Pitts because Pitts has sucked. Well, that's not fair. He has not sucked. Arthur Smith has sucked. He has sucked for fantasy. So Isaiah Pacheco was involved eleven attempts for sixty three yards. He's probably already on rosters, but again, it might be worth possibly just kicking the tires on to see what the manager wants. I would highlight Sky Moore. He only had four targets. Two receptions for 31 yards but that is certainly movement in the right direction i still personally believe in the talent always have i just think sometimes you know especially coming from a smaller school it might have been a bigger step for him but i think it's certainly something still worth your time. Go out, make an inquiry. Um, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but for me, I'm still I would still be more excited to have Sky more than Romeo Dobbs. I know that sounds crazy, and maybe I'm wrong in that because Romeo Dobbs. I'll hold up my hands. He looks way better so far than I thought he would. He seems to have Aaron Rodgers' trust. I love that, but I really liked Sky more um, in the pre in the pre draft process he was you know a a wide receiver that i was comfortable using a late first round pick on in rookie drafts um he only played 28 percent of the snaps so again he didn't have a big breakout game or anything like that but he's slowly working his way into the rotation um i'm just saying go out and see what the what the price tag is because you might might be able to get a, a deal done because the manager might be getting cold feet at this stage the bills ravens game was insane it didn't do what we thought it was going to do but there was certainly drama nonetheless i think we were kind of hoping and expecting maybe a shootout like sort of the way the lions and seahawks happened but it's not the way it went down it ended up 23 20 Um, the ravens obviously going to kick themselves for giving away a massive lead at halftime double digit lead at halftime letting the bills come back uh, and win i mean the bills i'm sure it feels great for them to finally win one of these really close tightly contested games after the nightmare of last year and losing um, in that crazy playoff game and then even losing to the Dolphins last week and stuff. So I think that was really good for the Bills. I think, again, I'm not reading too much into it just because these are two of the AFC powerhouses duking it out uh you know just wanting to really just win the bragging rights and, and just show supremacy so i'm not going to read too much into a lot of the little things like stefan Diggs not having a great game i mean he's a stud he's going to be awesome this year we know that um i would say obviously jameson crowder um in case you didn't know he did uh injure himself i believe it's a broken ankle i'll confirm that later in the week on our later show but i believe it's a bro- broken ankle so that could clear up more Playing time for Isaiah McKenzie, obviously, but let's not forget about Khalil Shakir. I really liked Shakir in the pre-draft process. He was on the field a little bit more, only 25% of the snaps, but it could be interesting to see. He had a couple targets, looked pretty cool uh, just to see out there, see him out there running routes and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, certainly somebody to just have a look, see if he's on the waiver wire. You never know. Um, I think he's quite a, a, a unique player. He can be used all over the field, um, out of the backfield, you know in the slot out wide so he's very um somebody that i think that the bills coaching staff could really utilize on the raven side of it lamar jackson balled out like he does it was great to see jk dobbins more involved already i believe he played about 50 percent of the snaps had a decent amount of rush attempts got got into the end zone um you know through the air and on the ground so again you love to see that rashad bateman another fairly quiet game so i've kind of already made my uh my feelings about this known I think he's a very talented player and I think that based on his talent and everything like that he will have those really great games but we know Lamar Jackson loves Mark Andrews he loves the tight ends Um, Lamar's always going to be rushing and now that they've got maybe a healthy JK Dobbins I'm just not sure is Bateman ever going to be this dude who's going to be getting double digit targets every single week and stuff like that I don't know Um, but I'm not going to read too much into it like I said it was just a crazy game really intensely fought game and uh, yeah I mean it's always great to see for the NFL yet another. Their weird and wonderful game, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I sort of was really excited about this game. I thought it could be like oh just a slug fest and it kind of was that it was just a weird game though. Like it's hard to explain. Like the uh you know, the Eagles fell behind quickly, but they bounced right back. Their defense was just all over Trevor Lawrence and the offense and in, in, in large chunks of the game. Uh it was very scrappy. There was like loads of turnovers. I I mean, honestly, like I said. And there I'm sure there was so much emotion involved, Doug Peterson coming back to Philadelphia. I'm sure he wanted that win. Um, you know, the the Jaguars trying to create a winning atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, man, he had two, you know, had two touchdowns, but he had an interception. He had several fumbles. He just had a really rough game. Um, they were missing, obviously Zay Jones as well was injured. They were missing his presence there, I think. Jamal Agnew had a pretty good game. I'm not going to freak out about Jamal Agnew. I think Zay Jones is the dude there uh, as far as, you know, being a wide receiver too in that offense when he's healthy. So, christian kirk still had nine targets he only had two receptions for 60 yards honestly as far as like on the offensive side for jacksonville the only real takeaway i would have is i do believe in the step forward that trevor lawrence has taken this year yes it was an ugly game yes mistakes were made but the eagles are no joke like they're legit super bowl contenders it was in their home field like i don't i'm not going to put too much of that on this one game if that freak's Out the Trevor Lawrence manager I would be happy to swoop in and try and get a discount so I would be trying to trade for Trevor Lawrence this week because I do think he's taking a step forward I do think he's the real deal on the Philadelphia Eagles side Miles Sanders had a heck of a game so he does seem to be the dude there for now um, as long as he stays healthy Kenneth Gainwell only had five attempts for 19 yards and a touchdown for me Kenneth Gainwell is he is kind of that running back equivalent of what we've been talking about this episode Josh Palmer those kind of guys I just don't think he's ever going to be the dude even if Sanders gets injured like he did last year they kind of brought in Boston Scott to kind of cover the Sanders role and, and split with Kenneth Gainwell. I think he might have those big games a couple of nice games now and then but as far as like somebody you're willing to plug and play every single week I just don't know if that's going to happen so again if you can capitalize on that if he has a big game or if somebody's hyped about him still something like that they're seeing 0 oh, 4 and oh, the, the Eagles are awesome they love running the ball you know putting 2-2 two and two together getting 22 and you can make a profit I'd be happy to do so speaking of of revenge game narratives I feel like this week was very revenge-y. Uh we have the Josh McDaniels led Las Vegas Raiders going to enact revenge upon his previous team the Denver Broncos they get their first win of the season 32-23 this is a weird game as well. Again, this is their first win of the season. I think they're trying all these different things. They're trying to figure out what works for them as an offense. Josh Jacobs had an amazing game, 28 attempts, 144 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely seems like the dude, you know, uh, Zamir White, hardly getting any work. Um, nobody else really getting a look in as far as, you know, running back wise. So yeah, I've never been a huge Josh Jacobs guy, but if you're a contender, it might be a good acquisition for this year for the run, because it does seem like they're going to rely on him pretty heavily. He does have to have kind of distinguished himself as the dude. Um, Derek Carr had a pretty pedestrian game. It was really a, a Josh Jacobs game. Now that we have to see what that becomes. Does that mean this is going to be their identity? They're just going to run, 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 run the ball. And then, you know, Devontae Adams, 13 targets, nine receptions. He, you know, finally got back to being Devontae Adams, Matt Collins. He still had five targets, but man, it, Darren Waller had five targets, but it was like it was literally the Devonta Adams, Josh Jacobs show. So because that's the first time this has really worked for them, they got their first win. I want to see how this progresses. I'm not going to panic over anybody too much or freak out over anybody too much either on the Broncos side, just more Broncos shenanigans as usual. Russell Wilson actually had his best, probably statistically best game for them. Um, You know, put up 237 and two for you, um, got into the end zone rushing, which is good, but man Devonta Williams injured. You hate to see that that's a serious injury i haven't heard exactly what's happened yet i mean hasn't been confirmation i know there's been speculation but i don't want to like say it until i know for sure which i'm really sad and heartbroken about uh melvin gordon you know certainly somebody that you could look to try and acquire had a really bad game um but looks like he'll he'll probably get in be getting leaned on this year now at this stage so other than that man it's it's still gross it's still weird check your waiver wires for mike boone i guess sadly and if you're wondering and if you're noticing that there may be one final game left to talk about that is right i saved the worst for last the new york giants and the chicago bears the grossness knows no bounds um yeah it's just it's just gross every which way to look at it. I mean, you can, it's so sad. So 12 to 20, the Giants have moved on to three and one. I just feel really sorry for Daniel Jones. Honestly, like I like the guy. He seems like he has a lot of guts. He tries really hard. He does have some skill and some talent. He's never had an offensive line, never had good weapons to work with. Saquon Barkley is back, baby. He's 31 attempts, 146 yards, looked great again. Daniel Jones had two rushing touchdowns, was actually playing pretty well, um, all things considered considering like his you know his, his his main wide receiver was like richie james david sills but he got injured so he's hurt his ankle we don't know how serious it is we don't know if he's going to be able to play next week or not but this is not looking good uh, for fantasy. Daniel Bellinger was on the field for like 60% of the snaps, I believe. He had three targets, three, three receptions. Again, you might want to look into seeing if he's around uh, to acquire, but it's hard to get excited about anybody on this Giants offense at the moment. I would say, you know, it's certainly worth potentially just checking the price tag on, um, you know, maybe on, on Kadarius Tony. but it would have to be really cheap at this stage. He struggled to stay healthy. I'm just More hoping that maybe he gets a trade or something like that. And Wandale Robinson as well. We haven't seen him yet. He's been injured and beat up, but he is a pretty electric guy. So it might be worth checking out. On the Bears side, the the Bears actually let Justin Fields throw the ball more than twenty times. It was a miracle, twenty two times. Wow, that is exciting. I kid, but not really. I just say it so I stop from crying. He was better this game. Still make mistakes. Still wasn't what you want to see, but they threw the ball twenty two times. He had one hundred seventy four yards, um, no interceptions. Uh, you know, Darnell Mooney got a little bit more involved. Finally, four receptions on five targets for ninety four yards. So that is certainly a a move in the right direction i'm if you're a brave soul like me and you believe in darnell mooney still you believe in justin fields it certainly could be worth to go and just kick the tires because things couldn't get any worse than they have been like i said it was a slight slight ever so slight um you know move in the right direction but nothing to write home about or get too excited about just yet but there you have it folks the whirlwind recap that still managed the last 40 minutes i don't know how i'm gonna let you go with that Hopefully you guys had a better week for than a lot of these fantasy uh, supposed stud muffins had. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure and leave a rating review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let everybody know about the best kept secret in Dynasty fantasy football and join us later this week. Amazing, amazing guest. It's going to be awesome. Keep an eye out on Twitter to find out who it's going to be. And if you have any questions for the show, send them on over. <laughs>